So, I got feedback from the last episode and quite a few of you guys were surprised that beautiful people encounter challenges because of their beauty. (laughs) I was particularly pleased because that was the aim of the episode. I also got a request to do an episode on how people who don't consider themselves beautiful feel. And to be honest, that is shitty. And that's why I named this episode The Shit About Beauty Standards. Because as far as I'm concerned, the standards don't measure. They are not inclusive, neither are they versatile. Today I have someone on the show with me whom I will be discussing with about how these beauty standards affect individuals who don't find themselves in those standards. Her name is Ifunenya. She has been a guest before on the pod and I trust she will bring it like she always does. Enjoy. Hi guys. Hello guys. Welcome to the Girl Unplugged podcast. Rita Chukriki. This is a platform for authentic and heartfelt conversations that inspire mindful living. There's no need for introductions because you've come like how many times now? This is your third time, right? No, it's actually fourth. <laughs> is it fourth? Yes. Which of the episodes did we do? We did that um, Indian marriage thing. That didn't get published. The the, the, the episode we did for um, the Netflix review, the suitable boy. Yes. Okay, yeah. The second one was the Daddy's Girl episode. The Daddy's Girl episode. And then the third one was um the one with um about the whole it was a woman's thing anyway. What a time to be a woman yes, when and, and she was yes. yes. We were ranting, we were basically <laughs> we're talking about we're basically having a therapy session. Your the man saying I have your mate at home. But you know what I'm happy about today? Today you now you carry seats, full seats. You're not a co-guest. You're just yourself. So that is like I know, right? <laughs> this conversation, I remember us having it in the DM about beauty, beauty standards, and to be honest. I wanted us to like continue that conversation in the podcast because there were a lot of things we touched on that I not only resonated with, but I felt I felt the pain of what it could be like to constantly question your appearance and to constantly criticize yourself, you understand, based off of what other people think about you, not even how you think about yourself because what I find very disheartening when it comes to beauty standards and how you know people view themselves in terms of whether they are beautiful or not is the fact that before you even know what beauty is as a child right Mm -hmm. people have already told you you are not beautiful according to their own perception no so you already have a broken image of yourself and a very lofty and unrealistic expectation 
of what beauty is. So how the hell do you now find your own beautiful? Like, do you understand and assert yeah, yourself? Yeah, I, 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 I get you. As a beautiful person. Like, how do you unlearn all the nonsense that has been drummed into your head and now accept you as you, as your own standard? Yes. So I'm going to start off with one of the points you dropped on the DM for me. You said, I constantly believed I was hideous. <laughs> my head was big. My calves are fat. My ass oh my was flat. It's, it's almost still flat like anyway. Rhyme. Wait. <laughs> I have pimples. I just didn't fit the beauty standard. And my question is, what standard were you referring to in comparison with all these things you've said? All right. So first thing is this. As a kid, the first thing is my mind is not if I'm looking like a beauty queen, okay? I'm just yeah. trying to make it through nursery school. The, the first time I actually knew that, okay, more, you need to start looking at yourself, or you're not that, you're not all that was, you know, those little brides, mm. those little, for weddings, you know, yes. they used to have little brides and all of that. And I had never, I, actually, I have never been a little bride. I've never been a flower girl either. Shit. Well, I've never been a little bride. And I, I remember when, okay, I'd see girls in my street, like, it was like, every Saturday, there was one little bride in my street. And I was like, I asked my mom, I was like, oh, why can I not be or oh, why have I not been a little bride? And she was like, eh, it's fine people, this is for little brides. I'm like, okay. I didn't get to then, but then she had yeah. said that. And I started looking at these people that have done the whole little bride thing. Then I started wishing, ah, if only my head was this shape, or if only I looked like this person. Yeah. Maybe I'll be a little bride as well. And I have a very overactive imagination so mm. i used to from i think when i was like eight or so i used to imagine getting surgery to change myself and finally looking like these people okay then school everybody constantly kept thinking oh this one is a boy i, yeah, I remember there was one particular instance of this one is a boy thing uh i cut my hair i don't even know why okay my mom was ill so she cut her hair because she didn't want to deal with all of that and i was mm. like okay i like that she cut her hair so i cut my hair too i cried from the baby salon because i already looked weird because i'm like okay when everyone's was going this? to primary okay. school and i was like everyone's going to look at me weird i cried and on monday imagine just walking to your class and the next thing people just burst into laughter because you look weird and you look ugly and you look like a boy and then the only thing the only reason why they don't think you're a boy is because you're wearing a gown. Mm. I felt bad. And so I just felt like all these other girls that are, how do I put it, that are getting the guys' attention, that are having the crushes, they are the cute ones. And so in a yeah. way, it made me so tad insecure and ah, I wanted like it was a goal for me. I wanted one boy to look at me and be like, I love you. <laughs> yeah. 
you look beautiful yeah like just you say look beautiful it, right? just say mm. like i like you or you look beautiful and all of that and then having to deep, go into junior secondary school i mean everybody's maturing little breasts are growing as these are coming out and then you just look off and then every guy you have a crush on has a crush on your cuter friend and so you're just like the ugly pigeon of the group mm. yeah that, that i was... hear you there was something you said about your mom saying saying that uh if you're if they are calling fine girls in <laughs> the world <laughs> they can't call you you know and it reminded me of the ways that parents contribute to destroying their children's self-esteem. Because I've been in that space also before. I fall into a stereotype of light-skinned. And so yeah. on a certain scale of the beauty scale, I fall in there because even within the beauty standard, right, there are people that are still considered more finer than others, either because your skin is lighter than this person or your hair is coilier, or maybe you have pink lips included with your fairness, right? So Mm -hmm. these things are just so crazy when you think about it. But even me that considered myself a fine girl, which is something that, it's in this my old age that I even started asserting myself as a fine girl because growing up, they will call me fine girl. Some yeah. people will call me, hey, my wife. You know, all those things. They will tell you, they will call you those things because they find you attractive. And so sometimes my parents will come to say some certain things to me. They wanted to do it like a way to protect me from not falling into the trap of feeling oh you're all that so that pride will not take over me so they tell you things that will counteract those things that people are telling yes so while you're hearing ah you're fine you're beautiful somebody in the family will tell you do you think you're even fine look at your lips i think one of the insecurities i had as a child was my lips because that was always something that somebody would use to make me feel bad about myself. They would say, yeah, you think you're fine. Look at how big your lips is. My lips was a point of insecurity for me. In fact, there was a time I used to bite it because I felt biting it would reduce it. See, sometimes I'll bite it in with the hope that it will not be noticed and it will less. What I didn't know was that over time, I developed a self-opinion where even when people genuinely, like in my secondary school or even in my university days, when people genuinely tell me, ah, you look pretty, whether it's a guy or a fellow girl, yeah. I would say, but look at my lips now. Mm-hmm. I would counter it with, ah, but I have big lips. So if only my lips was a bit thinner. <laughs> and I get that- you. Thing. I lived with it for a long time. It was something that made me always, always doubt myself. And then mm-hmm. I also had a particular body shape that I can be very chubby. I can have big stomach. And so yeah. I was constantly wishing that my stomach was flat. Was flat. And that is also the irony of this thing because I look at you, if Nanya, and I want your flat tummy. <laughs> 
you know that even as my stomach is like this, it's not um, gym girl kind of flat, but exactly. my stomach is not big. When I was growing up, I used to wear my mom's ghetto. Because <laughs> I wanted it to be like <laughs> this girl. Rock flat. Gosh. I don't even, do you know that till now, I don't, because I was the one that asked the question about, I don't know if it was something about, I can't remember the question I asked. But it's been, it's probably been 10 years, but I still remember her response. And every time that I'm, you know, trying to like, okay, gas myself up, I remember it. I'm like, okay, calm down, calm down. You're not all that. You still have the mm. head. Okay, so in first year of university, I had an accident that um, cost me one of my tools. Well, not one, I half, but still. Yeah. In the words of my mother, I went to school with 10 toes and I came back with nine and a half. And so I, I remember when I was like, you know how traumatic it was, like losing anything, even things that are like inanimate, and then having to deal with, okay, you're already one kind, you're not losing body parts, what the hell? So, and then my dad was like, I don't know what he was trying to do, if he was trying to make me feel comfortable, I don't know what exactly was going on, but I still remember when he said, um, that's anyway, as I am right now, I should know that I have lower chances of getting married. I like, how? He said anyway that when he wanted to marry my mom and that he's talking, that that's how men are. They look at everything in your body, if your body is complete. That if my mother was missing anybody, but he wouldn't have married her. Mm. So me now that he's already missing her too, that, <laughs> that I have a lower chance of getting married. So remember when I told you that I, I have this feeling that I don't even know if I want to get married. So when I think about, oh, I really want the whole husband thing, the kids, the white picket fences, I'm like, ah, nah, don't want to marry somebody that will marry me out of pity. Yeah, not that fine. So what's he looking at? Why, why is he liking you? Why does he want to marry you? Doesn't want to pity yeah. you. And you just end up telling yourself all these things in in the face of, okay, I'm trying to make myself stronger so that nobody can hurt me. But you're Actually, what you're doing is you're actually hurting yourself because now you've fed yeah. yourself with all of these negative beliefs, all of these negative vibes, and now you can't get out of it because you're like constantly, I don't fit this, I don't fit that. To a reasonable extent, as much as we all know we have African parents and all of that, there is nothing as self-reassuring as words that come from your parents. One thing my parents always did was, I was very good academically, so they always pointed that part out. They'd be like, okay, when I go first and everything, to be good, when you get third, they'll probably shout at you. But it's not be as bad as when you get fifth. I've never had fifth. Mm. I don't think I've ever had fifth. It's always first to third. <laughs> that reassurance from them that, oh, you are smart and all of that, it goes a long way. And so even if somebody else, a teacher or something, maybe you get a sum wrong and the teacher is like, Oh, look at you, you're not smart. But I already know that my parents are saying that I'm smart. And for my parents to say something is good, it's, it's really good. Already getting their um, opinion on the whole looks thing already sealed it for me. So there is absolutely nothing you tell me right now that I would believe you because my parents have already said it's not true. Yeah. Words that I've heard from 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I still. Like, I still recite them to myself daily because to me, I just feel like, okay, that's it. 
that's how it is. Your parents said it, so it's, it's got to be right. This is deep, you know. It's very deep. When you were talking about how you, yeah, like you had this deformity on your toes and how your dad was saying something about you, finding it difficult to get married and all that. I, I thought about this and I laughed while you were saying it because when you seek the opinion of some guys, when it comes to beauty, mm-hmm. you find it weird because their own perception is entirely different from what we think that beauty is. I don't know whether I remember this actor, Nollywood actor, Stan Unze. See, that was the biggest shock of the decade for me. Like, <laughs> you know, Stan is like everybody, like, oh my God. Man Stan crush. Like, and all of you that. Know? Man crush and all of that. I didn't crush on him, I was, if I were, I was, I, I'm still an FIY. We don't girl. want to know. We don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, he's cute and all of that. And I was yeah. so, so badly expecting that I would see somebody that, you know, she's like looking all the shades of pang. Not like it's baby, not you why you should get me wrong, but the society's exactly. belief of pink. So that was mm. what I was expecting to see. And then I saw her and I was like, what? I was like, wait, what? Like, you just don't expect that, you know, that, that he wouldn't go with what society regards as. That event was one of the great shockers of 2021 for me because... It further goes to assert that beauty standards depends on the individual in question. So while you as a woman is over there thinking that maybe if you have a snatched waist, big boobs, and a big BBL, BBL ass, (laughs) you know, if you have those things that it makes you more attractive yes it could make you more attractive it could also make people like it could put you in in people's eyes right but it doesn't mean that everybody will go for you because men have their own standards of what they want i've been in a relationship where the guy wanted me to lose weight i've also been in a relationship where a guy loved me full you know, and you know what happened there in that relationship where I was full, right? Mm-hmm. I constantly doubted him because I felt like, how can you want? See, your mates are wanting somebody that is slim fit and you know looking sexy, and Smashed, you are wanting that. Yeah, you don't know what you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, for me, I feel like the the standards of beauty. The pressure is more on the women. So than... what, what you're saying now is that we're the ones even pressuring ourselves because everybody has different things they like. So you're there thinking, okay, I'm not snatched. I'm not looking good. And my skin is one kind. But you're exactly somebody's spec. Exactly. You know, anyway, the whole beauty is in the eyes of the beholder thing. You know, yeah. what? But also the media doesn't help because they keep projecting a certain thing to your face that at the end of the day, even some guys fall for it. Because they look at things, they behold it every day. It's in the media, you know, gradually they begin to tilt towards, but that could be just a few men, if I must say so, right? 
because I know that men can be very, like men can be very sure of what they want and they go for it. So even while you're saying big boobs are not a standard, you will see a guy that loves big boobs. No matter what you tell him, he doesn't Is care. Big His big boobs, boobs and ass. Yes, <laughs> you know if you if you like have uh, if you like have pimple all over your face. So far you have big boobs. Ah, he's okay. <laughs> you find men like that. Yes. You know? It's the weirdest thing in your body. That thing you hate in your body. That's what they like. That's what they actually like. Do you know the funny thing? When you were talking about media and all of that, I just thought about something. So, like, the media is the most... I don't even know the word to use, but it can lead you inside dustbin. So remember there was a time where Agbani Darego was the standard. Like, if you're not sitting like Agbani, there's a problem. Why are you fat? Why do you look weird? And then now... All of a sudden, they're looking for it's, it's it's no longer fat now; it's thick. Abi, so now if you look like Agbani, there's something wrong with you. You have to look mm. thick, and just just do you. The world will adjust. You are talking about your full lips and all of that. People are getting um lip jobs and surgeries done just to have their lips full. Now. My sister, like, nobody wants thin lips anymore. My sister, you know that was also what helped me in reclaiming myself and my beauty because I thought about it one day and I was like, why am I, you know, being toxic to myself when I, when there are people that go for lip jobs and so sometimes they end up looking so ridiculous, right? But you, God just gave you like this. You didn't choose to make yourself like this. So why do I have to hate what I came with? Why fit a standard that could change in months? Lastly, there was also something you said that I think I'm on the fence with that, you know, statement. Okay. And I'll tell you why. You said I still don't think I am fine, but I am comfortable with it. I can understand being comfortable with your skin and the vessel that carry you. Mm-hmm. But I think what I'm not comfortable with is that I still don't think I am fine. <laughs> no, I'm not judging you right now. No, I know. I know. Because, uh, because I know personally also, I've been in a place where I didn't like some of the things on my body. On the journey to healing and becoming that whole human being, that has accepted herself fully, beauty standards or not. It has to come with knowing that you are your own beautiful and being comfortable with it, with your own beautiful. So it's not like saying, I accept that I'm not fine, but I like it like that. Yeah. I still don't think I'm fine, and I'm not even looking for one affirmation that is going to tell me you're fine or you're not fine. Like, I don't really, I don't care. <laughs> so, okay, so I've gone from the stage of wanting to be fine enough for one son of Adam to say you are mm. fine and I like you, to the stage whereby I just want to look at myself and be like, you are fine. So it's, it, it's, it's for me now. So... I do a whole lot of, um, I don't even exercise, what's my business? Like, I'm not even bothered about the body thing. You see the skin thing? Oh, Jesus, I'm obsessed. Like, I be buying beauty products anyhow, not because I, I, I like to remember that I have to follow one schedule. 
do like clean my face 20 times a day. No, I don't like it. I'm only doing it because I want to look a certain kind of way. Yeah, I understand what you mean by, you know, in the journey of accepting and all of that, you get to accept yourself and say, well, I'm not just at that stage yet. Let's put it that way. There are a lot of things I'm still not comfortable with. I said I was comfortable, but still there are a lot of things I'm still not comfortable with. And I just, it's more like I've resigned living with them because I'm not changing anything about myself. I don't have money. Change anything about myself. <laughs> so, so right now I'll just live with it anyhow it is. I don't care what anybody has to say. I don't care if when I'm working on the road, people will literally talk to my friends but will not talk to me. Or if you become I'm always talking about oh be comfortable, don't care about what anybody says, do you all of that. Mm. Meanwhile, I'm here talking about how I'm not comfortable. It's something that I want to be comfortable with myself. Do you get me? Yeah. So I want to be comfortable. I want to accept myself as, if Naya, you are beautiful. You are pretty. You are a definition of beauty in your own way. That's what I want. And I'm hoping that I get to that stage at one point in my life. But for now, I'm not there. I hope that for you and for every woman out there who still doubts herself and her beauty, you know, I hope that for myself at every stage of my own evolution, because these things you never, you never completely get out of that route. One day you're believing in yourself, the next day you're doubting yourself. It's almost like a cycle, you know, you think you're, you're there, you have now one day, one day you just be passing the mirror, you say, wait, though. No be stretch mark I they see like this. You know, it's not the funniest part is that it's not even just beauty as far as face and shape and all of that. It's also character. Yeah. So you think you have to act for act a certain way. You think that you have to um talk a certain way. Yeah. I, I can't believe that I actually grew up thinking with the whole thing, guys don't like girls that talk or girls that air their mm. opinions. And I'm right now like who the hell do you think you are? Exactly. And you know, the, the, the annoying thing is that when you, when you seek the opinion of guys, they are as clueless as who gave what? that, who, who made up these rules on our behalf? Oh, you maybe know? They're, the ones you, they're the ones you grew up with. Because when we were growing up, they were just as dumb as that. They had the standards too. I'm sorry to all of them out there, but when they were growing up, the creatures I grew up with in secondary school, were horrible people. What I mean, horrible, no, but then again, when you look at it, you find out that your juvenile years is almost like your formative years as well. Is when you build opinions, right? Yeah. So eventually, you get to come out of that juvenile phase, and you begin to see life for what it truly is. There were times you wanted different from what you wanted now. There Obviously. were times some. Some things you need, you felt you needed to do some certain things to look beautiful, but when you look back, you're like, "Now, wow, I be mumu. How did I ever?" I see. Like, let me tell I you, see. you know, there was a time I used to, after rubbing my talcum powder because I was born in an era where <laughs> talcum powder was our own foundation and everything. After rubbing my talcum powder and that lips gloss that used to shine, shine that hey. used to have sparkle, eh? You know what I'll do again? Oh. I will use. I'll use eye pencil and put dots on my nose. You know how these Indian oh, people used to yes, do it? Yes, on your nose or on the side of your mouth so it looks like you have a mole. 
on the middle of your head. Hey, good. I kept putting that dot by the side of the nose because I couldn't pierce my nose. So the dots did the trick for me. And so I would always do this and I felt that that was the highest. Then with my then I, I went to I went to a a boarding school that didn't allow girls to make their hair. It was an all-girls school, so I had oh. to cut my hair often. So in, when I come back for holidays, just know that my hair, I'm going to do sporty waves to give it a new, you know, upgrade it. Then when you apply the spotty waves now, you have to apply small gel to hold it firm yeah. because you don't want it to, you want to, re, you want it to remain like that. Then yes. with my talcum powder and my lip gloss and my eye pencil, I fake oh. mole beside my nose. See, yes. Abani Darego is learning work near me. As in, <laughs> my own was, you know, then we used to have this Hester Obak. So because she want to look, though, first of all, Doing all back and starting it from the edge of your head is so uncool. There has to be yeah. brush. Brush, my brush. sister. There has to be brush. And then you have to use your lip gloss, the white powder, your skirt. Instead of you to choose comfort, you're going to sleep with skirt. And skirt is tight, you cannot breathe. So, of course, you're trying to, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't even know what you're trying to do. For your your skirt is slim fitted, the top is slim fitted, and I just had a mother that I didn't even know if she was just engaged my shine at that point in time. My skirt was big. Okay. Oh laugh at me. God, they used to laugh at me. She was like, "You no way, you cannot shine like that, dear. You wear big skirts, so you just have all those things." Oh yes, and the socks. You always have to wear ankle socks, please. Ankle Very now. long socks ankle is now. not. And and there was one thing that like I always was worried about. I, like the size of my breast and all of that. I was like, okay, you know what? To have a, a boob job will not be that bad. Let's just come out. And I cannot even imagine like, if I had had the opportunity and actually did that, I'd regret it to say because right now I'm as free as the bird. I can go out anywhere. Okay. Bralette and know. all that. Oh, what that. Oh my. my that's a word for somebody there. Bralette and all that. Oh my, my God. That's, is flat, that is freedom. But I can literally wear whatever I want without people looking at me weirdly. Okay. Except for the few perverts, but at least I can wear what I want and nobody's looking at if my waist is rolling or if my waist is not rolling. Yeah. I'm fine. At the end of the so, day, your body will work for yeah. you. Exactly. Exactly. This is a sweet spot to end this. At the end of the day, your body will work for you. Because, I mean, like, what, what other choice do you have, right? Do you know what your body has fought for? There was this, there's this thing I've been convincing myself with. I heard it from somewhere. They're like, okay, you're bothered about how your body looks like. Your body literally helped you fight against this virus during this pandemic period. But instead of you to be grateful to it, you're busy worried about how your tummy is big and how one thing is wrong with you. Yeah. Nina, I'm so, so happy that you were able to do this with me. I'm glad and I, I really value your vulnerability. These are some of the things that most people do not come out openly to accept about themselves and the things they still struggle with. But the truth is that every young girl or every woman still struggle with one insecurity or the other. And those things, it just didn't happen. It came from constant 
indoctrination, indoctrination yes. words that were spoken to you and before you know what's happening you adopted it and it became your reality even when it was it's not supposed to be so i'm really grateful we're able to have this conversation and i hope more people will accept themselves the way they are yeah i hope so too thank you so much for coming on the show today. thank you for having me Thank you guys for listening to this episode. As usual, let me know what you think. Send me a DM on Instagram at the girl unplugged or chat me up on the Podroom app. I'll be looking forward to hear what you think, your thoughts, your comments, and all that good stuff. Don't forget to share with someone who you think might find this helpful. Hit the subscribe button to listen to more amazing stuff. And until the next episode, continue to be you to your full. Bye. Mm-hmm.